millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome all to another episode of My Life, My Music. With the Governor Alan Hudson, we take a trip down memory lane. <clears throat> and we're going to be calling this one Another Day. I've got a little bit of the winter blues, and you had the winter blues at Chelsea in 1973. We have covered that iconic year in Yesterday Once More. We have covered Hudson 74 in You Make Me Feel Brand New. All the merchandise you can get on srbmedia.co.uk forward slash shop. But before we really get into 1974 Christmas and everything when you went to Stoke in the January, let's look at another day, the 15th of December 1999, that changed your life. And a happy 25th. You mean 15th of December, 97. Oh, was it 97? Yeah. Uh, it. Yes, it would um, be, wouldn't it? Yeah, I had, um, I was saying to my son, Alan, uh, on, um, on that day, a couple of days ago, of course, Martin's birthday yesterday was followed, was the day after. And strangely enough, I um, it brought back so many memories, all good memories. Yeah. You know, I, I explained to somebody last night, they asked me about um, regrets and what would you do differently and all that. And I said, one thing I wouldn't change is that year in hospital. It was uh, it was my greatest challenge and my greatest success um, and a wonderful experience, really. Although I nearly died, it was. Uh, if you come out on the other side, it's it's um, it's an extraordinary story. It's it's really good, you know, and. Um, I was telling him about the night before it happened. I was as strange as should be with Martin's surprise party last night because the night before it happened, uh, I was at his uh, work's Christmas party and uh, pretty much feeling the same as I do this morning. It was the way, but I was 25 years younger then uh, and could handle it a lot better. And I called a minicab about one o'clock in the morning and... Uh, the cab driver come up and it was Peter's story. Oh, right, blow me. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you, couldn't. You, know, you couldn't. You couldn't. That's a game run over. It's, that was a trillion to one shot. This was a trillion to one shot. So it was so great to see him as well. He was my first, um, my first roommate at Arsenal. Uh, so we had to put aside all the times he had marked me, and which he did so brilliantly at Arsenal. Um, great fella, and just another reminder of uh, how life is so eerie at times. Weird, you know. The, you know that, that something like that could happen. Then, you know, I have the wonderful day. I have a wonderful day. I was working for Sporting Life at the time. I had a great day out with them. I had a great day. Followed that by a party with uh, another great friend, Mel Tame, on the, on the way home, and then. 
finished off, I got run over. And, and in between that, Peter's story. So there was many twists and turns, not just in my life, but around that period, that period of time, Paul, you know. And it was Mr. Goodyear, wasn't it? The uh, excellent surgeon that really pulled you through with good management as Tony Waddington pulled you through in 1974, again, with good management. And good management is what anybody needs. And it's something that we always highlight on My Life, My Music, isn't it? Well, it is. You know, I, I always we went back to that last night as well. And, and I did with my friend Jeff Idle the other day. It was at Chelsea when we I stayed with him the other day and we were talking about Good management, and that's the key to everybody that makes you or breaks you. Yeah. Um, but it, it was actually, as David Goodyear put it in his medical report, it was stronger management. Yeah. And um, stronger management, you know, words really don't really mean too much when you're talking about on, on this subject, but stronger management is so much more important than good management. You know, stronger management is a, a manager that um, covers everything. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not about football; it's about life. It's um, yeah. Where is it, Dave? Sex with Dave Sex and Chelsea. I had no management at all. He had no management skills really. Uh, he was an FA coach. He went on the coach. Manchester United, QPR. Or manage them, mm. but, but coach them basically, and and obviously work for the FA, coaching with the FA. But I'm sure um, uh, it's just a shame that his management skills weren't in the same uh, class as people like David Goodyear. Absolutely, it takes a genius, <clears throat> and luckily you did have that genius, Peter Story. How many games did you play with Peter at Arsenal? It couldn't have been None. many. No, I was going to say it couldn't have been many. No, it was uh, when I when I first got to Arsenal. Uh, I don't think I played for about three months anyway, ten weeks, twelve weeks, because I had a bad abdominal strain, uh, yeah. and they shouldn't really have signed me. Another, uh, you know, another, another tragedy in uh, my life. Uh, you know, I, I, it wouldn't have happened in America. Uh, you got to have a medical, you know. You, we hear this. How many times have we heard in the past? Uh, a player's got to pass his medical before he signs. Well, I didn't have no medical. Uh, I think they might have tested me for COVID way back then. I think. Yeah. And I asked all that's how bad they were, you know. But uh, I really should have refused to sign. Number one, refused to sign, and number two, been seen a proper doctor. It's unbelievable, really, when you look at uh, you know, Arsenal have signed the greatest midfield player uh, of his generation. Many would say that we've ever had. That is an argument uh, for another day. But going back to that physical and those physical scars that you still carry today, Al, how do you process the mental scars? How did you mentally pull through that? Because that wasn't just, you know, an, an accident, people get hit by a car. This car put you up a tree and you had so many injuries. I believe you were given the last rights as well while you was in hospital, wasn't you? You were that so, bad. So I was told. I was told by yeah. my family and 
I think there, I don't think it was sort of, I'm not too sure if it was a priest and everything else, but they they were given the nod by certain uh, certain surgeon, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was probably David, um, a couple of times, not to hold out too much hope. Yeah. And uh, luckily for me, uh, I weren't to know about it. You know, they had to, they, they, my family, my loved ones, I did all the suffering around that the mm. 59 days uh, because several times they were told that. Um, I come out the other end of it, you know, and seeing all these faces of with fear-struck faces, you know, and I had to try and tell them that everything was okay. And when David Goodyear told um, my mother, I think he told, he said that we're, we're worried, you know, we're doing all we can, but we just worried that his heart won't hold out. Yeah. And um, I, I said, oh, it's a shame that I wasn't awake at the time because I'd have told him there's no chance of that happening. Yeah. Having said that, uh, you know, I'll probably go and have a heart attack this afternoon. <laughs> but there was no, there was no way. I mean, I, I was training right, right up until that day. Um, Right until that morning of the accident, so I was and I was training. I, I don't mean like you see people going to the gymnasium and do this and the other. I was training like a, I was going into a fight with Mohammed Ali. You know, I was fighting. You know, apart from my upper body strength, my legs were strong, and uh, that's that's really what got me through, Paul. And you have always kept yourself fit. And when I did say 1998, of course, yes, it was 97, but it was a 59-day coma. So pretty much when that car hit you in 1997, you didn't wake up until 1998. That in itself, Al, is extraordinary. And I think it's testament to the person that you are, the character, the heart. And I think, that heart will carry on forever now probably a long time after your liver but that heart will carry on forever that liver's took a little bit of stick over the years hasn't it <laughs> well we um we do we batter our bodies don't we we yeah. you know um i i'm not too sure about this especially since covid and everything else mm-hmm. and people the amount of people, unfortunately, that we've lost over the last three, four years um, has been tragic. Uh, I thank my lucky stars every every morning since COVID. And I've had COVID and I haven't had COVID. And I don't know if there was any COVID. Yeah. Um, I think the politicians messed up again. I think they cost a lot of lives. Uh, I think... We're very, we're we're very lucky. We 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 both can have blessings that we're here today. Absolutely. You know because the people, people with people that are supposed to be, you know, we pay taxes and everything else, and in this country and the people, and the elderly, especially the elderly, you know, who died of, of lack of treatment, and you know, it's just horrendous, really. And you know, it's been a lot of pain over the last three or four years, and. I sat there at Martin's surprise party last night and before he got there and see his face when he walked in and I thought he kind of makes up for all the hike, you know, and uh, brought back a load of fantastic memories because he's good. He's good people. He really is. He's, yeah. he's, you know, he wrote Charlie book. Uh, it, since he'd known me, uh, 
I mean, it's just him to a lot of people. He wrote Charlie Cook's book. He wrote Dave McKay's book. Peter Osgood, uh, George himself. Um, you know, so he's got a lot of fantastic memories throughout throughout our friendship. You know, and uh, we we've discussed what you and I just discussed about. You know, the, the Betty Shine thing as well. You know, there must be some life afterwards and everything else. We we discuss all this, but you know we. It's a reality talk, really, more than anything. It's not uh, pie in the sky stuff, you know. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because I think when um, these people that say to me about, you know, life ain't worth living and everything else, and it, it's a horrible, well, life is basically what you make it, yes. isn't it? You know, yes. it's um, we all go through bad spells. I think, I think, in in my life, it's um, if. My greatest regret is uh, basically the injury I got that kept me from going where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, people, these supporters, I, I'm fed up with saying it, and I told people again last night, I said, you, you might go to football, but you don't know what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, you don't know the consequences of, what goes on with footballers, you know, how, you know, you, we hear today about these fine-tuned athletes, you know, and all you see is them falling on the floor and holding this, that, and the other. And it's, I think the game has become farcical. It's, it really has. And and then you think about the players you play with, you get whacked and people get hit. And, I mean, when, in our day, when people got hit, they, they were down, they were hit. Yeah. There was no, there was no messing about. There was no players wait, running around the referee, you know, waving an imaginary card in front of him and all that rubbish. You know, it was. Uh, I, I've strangely enough, I'm, I've got the Diego uh, Maradona story on as we talk, and I'm just watching him perform, and uh, this fellow was just something out of it, and he got kicked from pillar to post every game in Italy. You know. When he when he when he did what he did for Naples and uh, you know uh, people, uh, God knows what they would be like. I've, I've had enough of this silly talk from supporters. God knows what they, he would think if they said to him about this subject, you know, because um, he was like super. It, I don't know what superhuman. I don't know. Definitely, was, yeah, definitely. Was, well, yeah, freaking and yeah, he, he was. He really was. And I'm, I'm watching it now as we talk, and I'm, I'm just thinking, if I, as a supporter and as someone who's been on the field against people like Pele and George and Cruyff and everybody else, I, I look at this fan and I think, wow, you know, he's just on a different level. And I've seen his, I've seen in this actual documentary the way he trained. Uh, and they talk about looking after yourself. Well, this fellow was quite the opposite, you know. He won the he won the cup for Naples for the first time ever, I think. Yeah. And uh, he did it on alcohol and cocaine, I think. Mm. It was unbelievable. And yet he still performed at the highest possible level and was still impossible to mark. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. 
And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm just seeing big five people in a row here. And they were not trying to, you know, let him go by because he's Diego Maradona. It's all trying to take his legs from under him, you know. This is when Italy was the toughest league in the world. Absolutely. And again, when before Italy in, in Barcelona, he took such stick. It was incredible. Maradona from the age of being a, a young'un um, and then going through the ranks of Argentinian football through to Spain, through to Italy, playing for the national team. He's probably been kicked more than any other player. And the pitches that he played on, there was such jeopardy. You know, the likes of your Messi's and your Ronaldo's and the great players today, they're all great as well. But, you know, players can't go near them these days. You can't give the players the kick-ins that you guys used to have back in your days. So when they say it's a different game, yeah, it pretty much is. You can't get kicked from pillar to post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, if you watch this and then you watch a, uh, a game today or yesterday, I mean, it's uh, these players, you know, people like Maradona never got the kind of space that these players got. You see these people, these players in the back, defenders passing the ball and passing the ball, and they go over about yeah. 20 touches at the back before they go to the halfway line. You think, well, what's going on here? You know, Maradona will be screaming at them, please get rid of the ball, give it to me. You know, it's um, the game. The game's changed for 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 the worst, mate. It's uh, it takes all that. And you know, someone mentioned the other day about the 1970 Cup final, Chelsea and Leeds, and you know that is when you have to be mentally tuned in, otherwise you 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 get badly hurt. But again, it was a mental and a physical tuning in for players back in those days. I did notice this week you've been out and about. Um, you met up with Peter Kitchen, didn't you, at the commentators' uh, dinner? Talk, talk ah, to me about yeah. that, Al. That looked like a great event. He's a great lad as well, isn't he, Kitch? Well, I, I, I never knew him. I never knew him, and uh, it was funny. <laughs> I, I, I went. I was on a train coming back from a place called Westmoreland, which is around Gillingham and I was, I'd was i been staying with my friend Jeff Idle, him and his wife. Uh, we go back to the Chelsea youth team days and he's a great, they, they're great people as well. And I, I, I just, they put me on the train and I was coming home this day and I, I knew I had a long few days in front of me and and this fella stared at me on the way to the bathroom and I, and he stared even longer on the way back and and I, I walked walked back and to see if my bag was all right. And I walked back again, and he, he's still staring at me. And he went, Alan. I went, yeah. I, I knew his face was familiar, but I didn't know who he was. And uh, 
He said, do you mind if I join you? I said, no, come on, sit down. And we, we sat down. He said, I'm going to uh, doing Covent Garden. He said, uh, we us old journalists and old whoever, you know, whatever they were, about 20 of them sit down for lunch. They invited me for lunch, but I, I just had an hour with him and uh, and off I went. It's like I couldn't get too involved because I, I knew I had two or three parties on this. And... Uh, it was just good, and uh, all flashback. You know, he mentioned about he played in the semi-final against Arsenal when we, when we knocked them out, and I said, "How unlucky were you that day?" You know, we scored two own goals in yes. in, in, in a short space of time, uh, and nobody deserves that really. And when you when you meet the opposition, and uh, you know, you think, "Well, that could have been me." You know, that could have been us. You know, they could have had two shots and. Deflected past Big Pat, you know. Um, I said you're so unlucky, mate, but that's a, that's the way the cookie crumbles in football, you know. Um, I've been knocked out of uh, European Cup, this Cup, and, and we should have won by, you know, in a cakewalk, really, and got knocked out. Uh, you know, it's just. I think sometimes these cup competitions, it really is in the lap of the gods. It's, it doesn't matter how well you play or whatever. I think sometimes your name really is written on the cup, you know. I think you can ask Sunderland supporters, you know, when they when they beat Leeds, you know, and Wimbledon supporters when they beat Liverpool, Wembley, you know, these are miracle results, and uh, it's it's all part of history. It's all I think your name. They when they when you see them putting the name on the cup as they were talking after the game, I think that was all done six months ago, you know. Um, you, you, you know, your name's been on a cup. I've been in semi-finals, won semi-finals, got beat in semi-finals when we should have won, and got through when we shouldn't have won. You know, and then they got the FA Cup in 1970. We beat we beat Leeds uh, after two matches in a final, and uh, they were the better team in both matches. Yeah, uh, football-wise, but um, our of our character, I suppose, the character in our team got us through, and uh, we were behind three times in uh, in them two matches, and we come back and fall back, and Leeds were behind once and couldn't come back, and I think that was um, testament to you know our players, uh, world world known for being half a dozen playboys. Yeah. Uh, but when the when the really the chips were down, uh, we showed unbelievable, unbelievable character, and it was um, heartbreaking for me because I wanted to be on the pitch with them. But again, it's you know football. Football can be the beautiful game as I'm watching Maradona, and uh, it can be the most painful game. Absolutely, Leeds United really got done by the kings of the Kings Road, that Chelsea team to this day, one of the greatest teams that's ever walked on a pitch. And not just for what they've done on a pitch, but for what they did off the pitch. And the stories are legendary. And you can access all those stories, guys, on that Patreon page, My Life, My Music, all w's.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. 1974 is a big year for you, Al. It's the 50th year anniversary of you going North, when that boy, that young man, the day he caught the train, went up there to Stoke City, it didn't go well 
at the beginning. You didn't get on with your teammates like you did at Chelsea. But how's the celebrations going on? Have you got anything nailed down? And are you going to be doing a few celebrations? Because, after all, it's the year of 1974. Not just your debut on the 19th of January against Liverpool, where a chorus of Alan Hudson walks on water rang out of the booth and end. So how far down the line have you got? I know we've tried at Stoke City. Yeah, that was... Um, I, I, I was I was at the Stoke City game last week in, in uh, my friend's box and a good, very good friend of mine came into the box and I spoke spoke to him, a fellow called Ken Walshaw, who used to run a club called Newcastle Town, which is Newcastle under line. Yeah. Um, and he said, I'm just going, I'm going up to board, I'm with the chairman. And I, I forgot to say to him, just remind the chairman that he's refused me the Waddington suite to have my big night, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I will let it be known. Uh, I've got a couple of good venues on. Um, I'm looking for another couple of venues. Uh, I was working last night on one uh, while I was at the party because I think, especially when you're out and about with these people that, um, uh, what what can I say, you know, it's it's a very touchy subject, football supporters, because you want to tell them, um, you know, to slow down a bit. You know they 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 talk a they talk a good game they you know but they don't really know. I think the ins and out, I think the ins and outs of the if you had ten footballers sit round a table and talk about their life in football and their ups and their downs and everything else and you know I, I watched a game the other night at, uh, when I played against Leeds and uh, I was telling my son the other day. And it was a, a game, Leeds come to the bridge and one, two, one, and I played and I didn't think it was me. I yeah. thought, what must have been going through your mind when you could play that bad? Mm. I, it was the worst I'd ever imagined playing. Uh, I think I was in so much trauma from mm. the aftermath of my injury, the aftermath of missing the FA Cup, of missing a World Cup, trouble with a wife, um, going out for all the wrong reasons, going down the King's Road for all the wrong reasons. I'm all, I say to young players, go out and enjoy yourself. Live live your teenage years like, you know, really go and enjoy because they're the only ones you're going to get. Um, but I was going out for all the wrong reasons. I was, you know, doing things I'd never done before. I was just hurting inside, I suppose. I think a lot of it brought back. I'm reading the Matthew Perry book as well, and I, yes. and the, and it's uh, obviously a very talented lad. Had, had everything. He, he said I was getting a million pound a week. I was going out with Julia Roberts. I was life was you know anyone would die for this life. He said, but I was in so much pain and agony, and I could relate to that. Yeah, I could, I had to put the I had to put put the book down. I couldn't read route further than that and you know the pain and the agony but people think when they watch football a football match that yeah. you know oh well i could do that and i could do that and yeah oh wasn't he bad and wasn't he bad and they don't understand they don't really understand the the, the intricacies of being fit mentally you know uh, and you just touched on um 
me going to Stoke City in 74 and people just don't know how much within a six weeks of um, when they started singing Alan Hudson Walks on Water in those six weeks with under stronger management my how, how he changed me as a as a player as a person what he did Paul I think I might have said to you a long time ago he took me back to my school days yeah. and uh, and reminded me that uh, and my father was alive at the time and the way my father brought me up was to play the game uh, the best way I could and uh, it, it's you don't and people don't realize that um, the satisfaction is just incredible when you perform at your highest level. I know we're all different players, you know, we're all doing it in our own different way. Uh, but for me, it was, it was, I don't know if other players feel this way, but I was like, I'll come off the field and I could walk out of the dressing room and I, I feel like I was walking on the, on the moon, you know, yeah. it was incredible. It was, it's an incredible feeling to, Work hard. I was what I, I, I was diverse again. I mean, I watched the Ronnie Ronnie O'Sullivan's show again yesterday, before I left for the party. And what he must feel when he gets off the table after these last um, his last couple of um, sets against uh, the little the, the Chinese player, he he was just unbelievable. And I I thought to myself. What can you do? How can you celebrate that? You know, what can you say to people? You know, people were patting him on the back, shaking his hand, and everywhere he went, and and they in his documentary, he you know he looked miserable. You know, he had so many demons, uh, and he was fighting them off all the time. And that's a, that is what happens when you're a genius. You know, it's it's not all it's not all strawberries and cream at the top, mate. It's it really isn't. And uh, and when you get such given such a God-given talent as he is, like Maradona, like George, you know, and they say, well, why did he do this? Why did that? And it's something you'll never know. Let's put it that way. You, if I could turn around to a football supporter and say, listen, mate, you pay your money, you say what you got to say, but you don't know nothing. You just see what you see. Well, that ain't the that ain't the that ain't the be all and end all. That is not what you see is just what you see is not. You have no idea when when people are going out there and they're going for a bad patch and you're booing them and you're saying, you know, I've been abused by so many supporters. It's unbelievable for having a bad time. Well, that's what happens, you know, because uh, we're not machines, you know. Uh, we do have feelings and uh, some can handle it, some can't. Um, but it, genius is, um, and performing at the top level is the greatest, greatest pleasure. I'm 72, and I, there's no other, there's no other way to describe it. Really, it's just, it, it's just incredible. You know, you, 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 you are sitting on, literally on a different world after matches. You come away, and it, it's great when people come up and congratulate you and say this that, and the other. But I do know. As they're saying it, I could deep down know that they've booed me at some stage. <laughs> and to listen to the rest of this podcast, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Thank you.